All right, everyone. Welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. My name is James, and I'm your host. Today is episode 51. Before I dive into into today's show, I wanted to take a moment to thank you all for tuning in. We have absolutely crushed it this month on listeners, and it's so encouraging. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you so much for finding the show, and thanks for listening. With that out of the way, let's dive right into the show. So lately, my son and I have been mildly obsessed with Pringles. We have been pounding through tube after tube of these amazing chips. I was eating some Pringles today and the light bulb went off. Why not do an episode on Pringles? (laughs) I had to do it. So, of course, once I started thinking along those lines, all the questions started pouring in. Who invented Pringles? When did they become a thing? And more. So, the history of Pringles begins in 1956. So you got to go way back. Procter & Gamble had been receiving many complaints about greasy, stale, and broken chips. And I can relate to this. I absolutely hate it when my bag of chips quickly gets crunched or crumbled and turns into a pile of crumbs, particularly if they're corn chips uh, and I'm trying to dip them into something. It just really bothers me. So nice to see a company listen to customer feedback and try and do something about it. Procter & Gamble asked Frederick Frederick J. Bauer to work on the project, on developing a chip that would solve those problems. Again, getting rid of that greasy, stale, and broken chip. So he worked and worked, designing everything from the shape to the can that they were sold in. And the shape is actually incredibly important to what a Pringle is and what problem it was trying to solve. Scientists actually used supercomputers to create what is called a hyperbolic paraboloid, and they were designed to take advantage of unique aerodynamics that would keep them in place in the tube without breaking during shipping. Bauer poured a lot of time and energy into the product, and he got it almost to the finish line. He got the shape. He got the design, but it had one fatal flaw. They didn't taste good. No one liked how they tasted. Uh, So eventually he got reassigned to other work within Procter & Gamble, and they brought in Alexander Lipa to see if he could turn things around and get these chips tasting good. So... Alexander picked up right where Bauer left off, and he succeeded in improving the taste, and his name is on the patent that Procter & Gamble submitted, even though uh, there's no disputing that Bauer was the creator of the Pringle. 
Gene Wolfe, who was a mechanical engineer for Procter & Gamble at the time, developed the machine that cooks the Pringles, and he is actually best known for some uh, really awesome, best-selling science fiction and fantasy novels. And I, for one, am happy for his contribution to the culinary world in a Pringle machine. <laughs> That's awesome. So where did Procter & Gamble get the name for Pringles? Now, there's a lot of debate and speculation around the name. The two most likely theories that I found uh, are this. Mark Pringle filed a patent back in 1937 for a method and apparatus for processing potatoes. So this was a nice way of Procter & Gamble recognizing him, and they also cited Pringle's work when they filed their own patent for improving the taste of dehydrated potatoes. Another theory is that two advertising employees for Procter & Gamble lived on a street called Pringle Drive in Finneytown, Ohio. So whichever one it is, uh, you know, I, it, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. But it, it is interesting. It's interesting to see these different theories being floated on where that name came from. I personally think Mark Pringle, who filed a patent for processing potatoes, is the namesake for the actual Pringles. That makes a lot of sense to me. So once Procter & Gamble had a complete product that actually tasted good, they began selling it on store shelves in limited areas in 1967. So it took until 1967, 12 years in the making, for Pringles to actually make it to store shelves. And when they hit shelves, they sold really well. They were an instant hit, and other chip manufacturers took notice. They took issue with Procter and Gamble calling the snack a chip. In 1975, the FDA ruled that Procter and Gamble couldn't sell Pringles as a chip unless they included a disclaimer saying that they were a chip made from dehydrated potato. Obviously, they didn't want to do that and instead called them potato crisps. Now, recently, they had to defend that in the London High Court that a Pringle wasn't technically a crisp. In England, they call potato chips crisps, and chips are more like fries. So Procter & Gamble argued that the product is only 42% potato and that the shape is not found in nature, and the court agreed with them. So they just couldn't win when it came to the name. Now, if a Pringle is only 42% potato, what are they actually made of? So they are 42% dehydrated potato. They also contain wheat, starch, different flours. They also have some oil, emulsifiers, and seasonings. And it's a brilliant snack food that was developed by scientists in a lab. And a lot of research and development went into it. A lot of technology went into it. They've invented machines to get the perfect shape. The shape itself is significant. It, it's really interesting how all of these things line up together. And they now 
tastes good. <laughs> so love that about Pringles and uh, loved learning a little bit more about them today. Uh, Procter & Gamble in the 2000s, they were trying to sell the brand to Diamond Snacks and instead that deal fell through and Kellogg's actually acquired Pringles, making them the second largest producer of snack foods in the world now that they've acquired Pringles. So uh, now they are no longer owned by Procter & Gamble. Now they are a Kellogg's product. So some quick facts about Pringles. The, the original name for Pringles was very different. So we talked about the name Pringles and where that could have come from. The name they originally marketed, at, marketed as were Pringles Newfangled Potato Chips. And that's where those chip manufacturers took issue, was that potato chip name. And so they ended up dropping it and just calling it Pringles. Frederick Bauer, who invented the Pringle, was actually buried in a Pringles can. He requested that his kids buried a portion of his cremated remains in a Pringles can. The kids initially laughed it off, but on their way to the funeral home after he had passed, they stopped at a Walgreens and picked up a tube of Pringles. And do you wonder what flavor they chose? Original. Of course, it was original. Original was the only flavor sold uh, for a long period of time until they started introducing those other flavors of uh, sour cream and onion, salt and vinegar, uh, cheddar cheese, ranch, things like that. Before Brad Pitt became a Hollywood staple, he appeared in a Pringles ad. So there you go. Pringles are sold in over 140 different countries, and they have over 100 flavors in their history. Some of the more bizarre flavors developed over the years include Bangkok Grilled Chicken Wing, Blueberry and Hazelnut, Finger Lickin' Braised Pork, Mayo Potato, Prawn Cocktail, Crab, Hot Dog, and Eggs Benedict. What is the craziest Pringle flavor you've seen out there? <laughs> I would love to hear about it. And also, little known fact, the man on the Pringles can actually has a name. Next time you grab a Pringles can, introduce yourself to Julius Pringle. That face that's staring back at you, its name is Julius. So there you go. I hope you learned something, a little something about Pringles if you like what you heard, make sure you leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you check me out uh, at ToastyKettle.com. That's where I post the, the show notes, uh, recipes. You can sign up for the newsletter and actually get a free vintage cookbook and a lot of good stuff over there. So make sure you check that out. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Toasty Kettle. Until next week. <laughs>